I still can't beat this fluky after he goes to the zoo. Oh, mate, what a day. Play the clip, Tom. <laughs> oh, yum, yum, yum. That's nice, isn't it? What's your name? Later. 215. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to that League One podcast. Yum, yum, yum. Welcome back to that League One podcast, everybody. Hope you're all doing incredibly well on this Sunday. Well, this is a Sunday afternoon. It's not a Sunday afternoon when you're listening to this. It is possibly a Monday or a Tuesday, but uh, more on that in just a moment. More on the fact that it's Monday and Tuesday. Oh, yes. Okay. For our Patreons. Yes. Okay. We thank you for choosing to spend a bit of time with us as always. We are delighted that you keep coming back and clicking on us if you'd like to if you'd like the video supplement to our discussions, and that is available as it always is on Patreon week on week, we are welcoming new members to that elite club of amazing people. So for the price of less than a flat white or a flat Gavin at cost of these days per month, come and join us with plenty of perks. In addition to this podcast at patreon.com forward slash that league on podcast. We would love to have you on board fresh from his trip down to Wickham in a game which had it all. Ben, it's always amazing to chat, mate. How are you? Yeah, uh, I'm good, mate. Thank you. Uh, always good to be on. Um, it was um, a weird day, I say to say the least. Obviously, I left very early um, and then got to the ground. And I think yesterday was the first time I went to the ground going, whatever happens today, I'm not going to rant. I'm not going to have a go. I'm not going to come here on here. We're done. We're down. That's been my mentality. What Whatever happens now, you know, we're going to take something from it. And that first 35, 40 minutes, we were absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, you see in these films all the time that, you know, there's been a murder and there really was a murder yesterday. Fleetwood absolutely murdered Wickham. And sometimes it's like we could have had four or five. We, we, we really could. And I was so proud of the effort, though. And then promise it's a stupid yellow card. And he doesn't get booked for that last season with the new rules, the first one. Um, and I, and the second one is a yellow, obviously, leads to a red. I think if they're in the opposite order and he does the first one, second, he doesn't get sent off. And I think that that we, I went in and I said to someone, I went, I went and I had a thought about, would you rather be down to 10 men or and and be and be 2 0 up or 2 1 with 11? And I'd probably have taken 2 1 with 11. They got the penalty lynch saved. And, and I actually thought today's going to be out. Day, isn't it? It really is. Um, and then you know, we 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 stuck in the game, they got one back, another penalty, which I thought the first one was a pen. A lot of fleet, you know, fans were saying that re the referees, this the referees, that, but I don't think he got anything wrong yesterday. I, I, I think it was a red card, I think that both penalties were penalties. Um, I think that he refereed the game really well. And I've come in on here and, you know, my team have had absolutely nothing from that game of official from the referee. So well done to the referee. He got everything correct yesterday, I thought. Um, maybe a foul on Stockley, but I'm not I'm not going to moan about that. 2-2, two -two, again, I must have paced up and down those steps about for about done about 3k. I was I was a little bit nervous. I'd love to see video footage of that if possible. I'll if literally, I'll literally, I was like, oh my lord. And he kept coming forward. I was like, I can't watch. And I literally went on my vlog. We need to stick him. Literally, and I sit, you know, five seconds later, the ball's in the back of the net. And I'm like, oh. And then, you know, they, uh, but again, enormous pride. Um, we are bottom of the league. We're 11 points adrift. Forget about that. The performance was there. It was a Fleetwood type performance. We stuck in the game. And if we could have more of those till the end of the season, go down with a little bit of fight, get a couple of wins under our belt, I'll be fine. We're done. We're down. We know that. Um, all we need to do now is get a couple of wins under our belt and you know, things will look a little bit better. 
He had the tough ask of Peterborough at the bank yesterday and kept a clean sheet. Jakey boy, how are we? Yeah, do you know, mate, I'm good, actually. And Another, again, I remember coming on here a week ago and being really positive over a nil-nil. Well, copy, paste, control-V, control-C. Oh, best uh, nil-nil you've ever seen. No, not quite as good as last week, but still very entertaining. I thought we, we very much matched Peterborough. And again, if you look at the games, and I can't remember for the love of me who, who's got the game to cover, um, it we had the better chances in the game again, and I thought Peterborough were pretty ordinary. But no, I'm I'm good, mate. It's been a it's been a good week getting to uh, getting used to old habits again, being on my own. But uh, no, it's it's good, mate. I'm I'm uh, I'm enjoying it. Good man, absolutely nothing wrong with that. And guest star panelist on Four 0 Sunday Live this evening ahead of a big T-Lop derby. Mr. Jack hey. Ward Football Podcast <laughs> is back with us, and he's back in London too. How are we? Yes, good mate. I did a full. Detox. I just, I all the games at three. The games for me started at seven. I experienced everything at seven o'clock yesterday. I was not there live. I didn't. I was sort of tracking some of the scores. Uh, didn't watch the game. I watched it back at seven. I basically, did, I knew that I was going to be out for the, that period of the day, and I was like, I'm going to watch it all later. Hopefully, come back, have a great day, and come back and watch Oxford beat Bristol Rovers, and then catch up on everything and get everything ready for today. A big day of filming. Um, not quite. Not quite. In fact, I'm so glad I went to the zoo because if I didn't go to the zoo, I think it would have been the worst afternoon of my life. Um, I just, uh, yeah, it was a planned uh, thing to, for me to go out on, on Saturday and it was always a bit of a risk doing it on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, but I knew I could catch up on it when I got back. It's a shame I couldn't catch up on anything positive because, yeah, it's pretty dismal, mate. Pretty dismal. In fact, I think the elephants put in a better performance than uh, most of the players. That's a bit of a damning indictment, isn't it? Um, I For the first time, I don't actually have a shout-out of the week because I was so busy preparing for all the various bits and pieces that I haven't I think kind we of should chosen give anyone. I so think give Ben's, Ben's giving the shout-out of the week this we, week. We, 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 we always joke about him in this, this podcast, but Dylan has literally gone away and spent a couple of hours of his time and done us, you know, the tables where each team would be. And, you know, done a phenomenal job. I was a bit confused at first, you know, with all these numbers piling at me. It took me about 10 minutes to reply to him because I was just looking through it all. Uh, but it, it, it helped me because I had a Cambridge fan going, I swear you never predicted us to lose. So I could literally just go out with him with a sarcastic tweet, knowing I've got my points proven, you know, with Dylan. So, Dylan, thank you, mate. Um, you know, a good lad, really. And uh, my mum's taking a bit of a shine to, to you. So, um, you know, shout out to Dylan and um, a good win for the, for the boys in blue yesterday. And, don't we know about it? It's actually game number four, maybe game number five, which is very unusual. Um, but we'll uh, we'll get to that very shortly. We had a handful of midweek fixtures that we'll get through before we start with all of Saturday's action. Big win for Exeter at Bristol Rovers. The first time that the home side have lost a midweek game all season. Exeter made it five unbeaten against Rovers. Less goals in their 4-3 win in the same fixture last season. But Exeter won't be worried about how that came at all. We had yet another League One managerial casualty. Charlton became another club to have gone through at least two managers this season already following the club's decision to relieve Michael Appleton of his duties. An impulsive decision, you might say, given how soon after the full-time whistle the announcing came. A 97th minute Louis Appare winner was the least that the Cobblers deserved, having taken in the lead twice in that game already. Goal involvements for all four of Simpson, Pinnock, Sam Hoskins and Kieran Bowie besides Apparay too. Brilliant night for them. Elsewhere, Wigan scored the latest ever recorded EFL goal against Wickham to secure a 1-0 win at the DW, thanks in large part to an injury to the ref. What is it with refs and getting involved in all sorts this week? We'll uh, come on to that later on. Centre-back Charlie Hughes with a difference maker 
On 90 plus 20, the big game at the Kassam went the way of the visitors. Barnsley, after both teams hit the post, what went down as a Sam Lone own go- Sam Lone? Sam Lone, I bet he was feeling alone after he scored it. Sam Long own goal separated the two playoff spot chasing sides. Sorry, Wardy. Barnsley's midweek winning streak extends to six, six consecutive games. Bolton, I felt, were lucky, actually, Bolton, to get a 1-0 win out of their game at home to Cheltenham. The visitors appear to have both per- both a perfectly good goal and a shout. For handball, turned down a real lack of urgency from them against the Cheltenham side in really good form before that game. Nonetheless, Bolton have won three games on the bounce against Cheltenham without concealing a single goal. And finally, probably the shock of the night was Reading's 1-0 win over Derby. Paul Warren's side could have gone top of the table, but it wasn't to be as the Royals got one over on the Rams. An unusually poor display on the road from Derby, who have been so strong on their travels this season so far. I think that covers just about everything. Anything else we wanted to add on Tuesday well, night? Matty Taylor got sacked, didn't he, after we put the Oh, yes, up. we should mention that, yes. Super Matty Taylor. And well, they've got a just... new guy in as well, haven't they? Well, he's not He's not so new, is he? He's uh, obviously poorest back in the, the job at, at Shrewsbury. He, I think he took over uh, there originally in, I want to say it was 2017. 2017, um, uh, Yeah, and he came in, kept them up, and then the year after... I mean, we weren't in League One that year. We were in, in League Two, so you guys would have been, you know, closer to it than we were. Um, but took them to Wembley twice. They got beat twice. Once through a Danny Cowley, Lincoln City side in a, in a checker trade trophy final. Um, but yeah, no, Paul Hurst back, and we'll touch on the game later because it's one that I've got vast differences already for Shrewsbury. They're, they're, they're looking really good. Did you see the sexy bench comment from him last night? Away, uh, yeah. I missed him at the service. I missed him. He was. As they pulled in, and he was there at the service at the same time as me, but I've never no- like n- never noticed it. I, literally, like probably missed him by two minutes. We have to support We have to support Colchester. We are definitely close. going to a game. Definitely. Yeah, going Harry to Anderson, game. Ali Smith, Tom Hopper, John Akinde, Danny and Nicky Cowley. Honestly, I'm, I'm just waiting for Alex Woodyard to get the ring. It's going to be great. I thought like the band's back together. I'll, br- I'll bring Joe with me and then that completes your set, doesn't it? Oh, um, absolutely. Sorted. Match of the day, star running order for this weekend. Then, as usual, certainly the strongest match week we've had for a couple of weeks. We start with Mr. Jack Ward Football Podcast and the five-goal thriller at Brunton Park. What a game. What a, <laughs> what a game. Oh, God. Um, Quickly looking at the yeah, numbers. Let me just have a look at the numbers. No, no, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Of course, of course, I wouldn't do that. Um, five goal thriller. Am I looking at the right games? Yeah, it's 4 1, Wardy. Oh, yeah, sorry. I think of, don't worry. Um, yeah, hey, Wardy can't count to five, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was back at the front. Yeah, I was looking, I was thinking, five makes two. Which, which, which one's got five? I was looking for a three two. I haven't got a three two. I'm looking at a four one. Um, yeah, really, really impressed from, from Bolton. I think Carlisle, they are, they're. They're really, really struggling right now. I, I think this game itself isn't a very nice one uh, to sort of judge Carlisle as a collective with quite a few new players coming through the door in recent weeks. And they're starting to integrate quite a few new faces. That actually, I think in League Two uh, are going to, again, that could be too early to go with that. But I think in League Two, they're forming a very, very strong team. I think in League One, though, they're bringing in a lot of faces in a short amount of time that aren't quite gelling. It's quite difficult to gel that amount in, in a short period. And especially after a takeover that I think we all expected movement. Um, but the improvement and the vast improvements aren't really you know, coming that quickly, especially when you look at Cheltenham and their improvements. Reading don't seem to die. Really, only Fleetwood down there with them uh, are struggling. So you've got teams that are improving above them, and that's sort of making it even more difficult for them to climb out of trouble. Yesterday, it wasn't a game that we expected them to win. Having said all of that, I think Bolton uh, should have won this game. 
as we know, you can't quite call it in the reverse fixture. Bolton, you know, lost this one, so it it wasn't a guaranteed. It wasn't one that we could predict um, with with large amount of confidence. But I think on reflection, Bolton thoroughly deserved it. First half they were fantastic. Um, for first twenty minutes of the second half, Carlisle sort of came back into it, got the goal back, and made it more difficult. But we speak about gears quite a lot in in games of football and teams finding gears within matches. I think Bolton were fantastic at finding that final gear. Ten minutes to go, Bolton. That's what top sides do. You know at 2-1 sometimes can you know teams can crumble I think there's a lot of teams in League One in recent weeks that have been in a comfortable positions and they have bottled it and they have crumbled Bolton have done a fantastic job of, of finding ways of of staying you know staying within within themselves understanding their understanding the way they want to play not being swallowed up by sort of difficult moments within matches um, I think they were great in, in the way they saw it out. I mean, there's game management defensively, but there's also game management going forward. And to kill a game off in that manner is is very, very good. I think we saw more of the Bolton Wanderers that we've seen or we should have been seeing on a more consistent basis because we know there's there's so much quality there. Um, I think they've been slightly patchy within matches. I think Napa's put a tweet out uh, earlier about Bolton and you know, the stats do look good. I still believe that Bolton have been quite patchy within games. I don't think that they've been great within matches, even though they've got on a good, they've been on a good run. They have, they, they picked up a great number of points. They're in a great position. They win their two games in hand and they're comfortably top of the table. But I think within matches, they have looked, they have looked fairly patchy. But yesterday, I think other than 20 minutes, that was the Bolton that Ian Everett has been building and crafting over time. Wigan two, Stephen is three. What a game this was, Ben. I really, really like this Stevenage side a lot. Um, it's got everything that you want. It's got strength. It's got, you know, strength and depth. It's got power. It's got pace. It's got, you know, experience. It's got youth. You know, it's got good loanies, good experienced players, and the best of all, a good manager. You know, I know, you know, the, the guy at the end will roll his, you know, what he did it you know, early in his career, but I'm only going to judge him at, you know, at Stevenage. He joined what? 22 months ago, March, you know, 2020, 2022, you know, they were three points above the bottom four, you know, and the other team, you know, in that bottom four had two games in hand on them. But they stayed up in the end, the following season, winning promotion. And this year, the sixth in Skybet League One, you know, and they get goals from all over. You know, you talk about, you know, your BGRs, he's up to 16 now for the season. And um, it was a really, really good assist by, you know, Vadine Oliver, who, who's proven that he can do it at this level for, for Jill and Germer. Then, obviously, you know, we can get themselves back in front through Aysgaard as well, you know, 2-1. And then you think, well, this, this Stevenage side, as much as they've been good away from home, I think they've won, you know, nine away from home this season. Um, they beat Derby at home and away from home. They haven't really gone to a big boy yet and won. You know, Barnsley away, they lost. Blackpool away, they lost. Bolton away, they lost. And, you know, and Wigan, you know, it, you know, it's a big stadium. You know, you know, eight, nine thousand fans. You know, you know, within the stadium as well, and you know, showed enormous, you know, ex experience and you know, a real spirit to get back in the game. Pajani, you know, making it, you know, two-two, a really, really good header, and up there for goal of the day in, in my, I think it was a superb header, a really good ball in by you know Nick Freeman. I think that's his third assist of the season as well, and uh, they keep going. Um, you know, Stephen is getting that. You know, all vital win. You know, Louis Thompson. You know, with, with the winner in the end, and um, you know, really good win on the road. One of the best away records in the division, and you know, currently, you know, the I think the same points as Oxford with the um, you know, I think they played a game less. Um, you know, as well and. 49 points after 27, 1.8 points per game, I think it is. You know, three behind Barnsley with a game in hand. Um, they're actually you know, seven behind Derby with two in hand as well. And you know, this side needs enormous credit. 
Uh, I know they spent decent money on a wage, you know, infrastructure there, uh, but the competitive and this Stephen side remind me of you know Fleetwood in 16-17, where you can go away and win one 0 they can go away and win two one, they'll outscore you, they'll keep clean sheets, they can win at home, they'll win ugly and and they annoy everyone. And Shrewsbury were the same in 17-18 under Paul Hurst. I really like that about them. Good for them and uh, great win on the road. And uh, we need teams like Stevenage to do stuff like this. I was going to say as well that part of the, the excitement of a train home from Colchester uh, yesterday was actually looking up at um, Colchester. Colchester Zoo. You wanted to Colchester Zoo. <laughs> he wanted to go and see Danny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was close to the game. A bit uh, like I he was in Morecambe. I think I think <laughs> they're I think they're away. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I I looked at all of the the post match interviews on the way back, and that was almost a that was quite an interesting interesting game to play. Um, without knowing too much about the games itself. However, I think Sean Maloney was very, very good at summarising that game of football. He said that Stephen... And he actually summed up the Stevenage game plan so, so effectively. 50-50s. Make this game about 50-50s. If you can make this game about fine margins of 50-50s against Stevenage... Uh, sorry, Stevenage do that to an opposition. Stevenage will win the game of football. Because Stevenage know that it, when it comes to duels, and when it comes to making it about fine margins, Stevenage have got that robust nature about them to win every single uh, 1v1, if you like. And that's what they did. They accepted that we're going to have the majority of the ball. Wigan did have you know, more ball possession. And they did dominate the game and, and make more passes. But they knew if they could put that ball in the penalty area, make it a duel, make it a, a battle in that dangerous area, they're going to win the game. Watch the goals back. All three of them. Headers, balls into the box. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure Maloney is a year in charge today as well. And I think that, you know, I did a tweet the other day about managers being happy. And I think the only one that I kind of got wrong really was the Carlisle one. And I think that he's only been added pressure on with the signings in the last three or four weeks or so. Sean Maloney gets a little bit too much stick for me. And I know how close that League One table is. They're back to 13th now, yet they're only three points off 11th. And, you know, with without the deduction, they'd be, you know, ninth in the table and seven points off the playoffs. I think he's done a, a remarkable job because he went into a football club that were losing games of football, that were, you know, were struggling with an administration and, you know, I predicted Wigan 13, so if you can stay there, that'd be great, please. Thank you. Um, I think he's done a really, really good job, Sean. Malone. I think it's two good managers there. One starting off in his trade and one that, you know, uh, you know, he knows how to skin a cat. Sean Maloney also mentioned in that press conference that Callum Lang was leaving the club in the next 24 hours. Nice little segue onwards to something we may be able to touch on if we have time later on in the show. Something we'll certainly be chatting about at, uh, at seven, I'm sure. The shock, or probably one of the shocks of the League One weekend, Jakey Boy, Bristol Rovers 3, Oxford United 1. Yeah, I, I don't know. It is a shock when you look at the table position, but I think, you know, based on Bristol Rovers' home form, they've been pretty good by the, the Exeter win, uh, defeat midweek. Um, look, I, I can see why Ward is really frustrated in terms of when you break it down goal by goal. The first one is, is a disgrace from an Oxford point of view. Kieran Brown just gets trapped underneath the ball uh, and, and then the, the right fullback just lets it go through to Chris Martin and, and the form that he's been on this season, I don't think you can give Chris Martin half an inch in the penalty area because he'll slam at home. Another criticism, Jamie Cumming, you know, I'm a goalkeeper myself and the, the first rule of goalkeeping is never, ever get beat at your near post and, and he just slams it past him and doesn't seem to put up much of a fight. 
thing got worse six minutes later. I think Luke Thomas, it's a great goal. I think dazzling feet on the edge of the box is a great finish into the bottom corner. Shit, de- shit defending, Jake. Shit yeah, defending. but I, I think you have to praise the individual quality at times when it's you a- do, but you do. But you've got two players there that are dangling there. I mean, we could all do it if we, yeah, I understand it's a good run, but there's a pathetic attempt to win that ball back when he is running. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree, but we we got to. Uh, Why can't we sitting up in his chair to deliver various <laughs> comments? And then back you go. When I, when I, when I, when I, when I speak shit. with when I speak with in in a, about the game, I'll sit forward more often. But I'll, I'll carry he's on. Listening. He's listening. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I think the, the Oxford got a bit more of a grip of it at the start of the second half, by the looks of it, by, by the the sofa score metrics, and created a little bit of pressure. Ruben Rodriguez had an opportunity that he probably should do better with just loops it into the goalkeeper's hands. I think the Oxford goal is actually really fortunate. Uh, you know, the, the shot from Brannigan just hitting Mark Harris and wrong foot in the goalkeeper. I thought I had a, had a pretty good game for Bristol Rovers. Um, and then, yeah, the, 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 again, it's a mistake for the, the last goal. Uh, Jamie coming again, parries it into a really, really poor area and no Oxford defenders are there to react whatsoever. And Harvey Vale literally is going to put that in the net 10 times out of 10. Um, Oxford only mustering up a... a an XG of 0.34, uh, which doesn't really, you know, this Oxford side have been really good at scoring goals this season. That just doesn't really feel like them. It feels like everything's getting on top of Des. Um, I think when you look at the interviews compared to, to when he started and look at the interviews now, he looks absolutely shattered. I don't know if it's if it's off the pitch, if he's getting any help or if he's found the transition of moving over from India back home really difficult because... I think you have to, you know, he is a human being at the end of the day, but performances haven't been great. You know, Gasheads will be absolutely delighted about that performance and hope that they can, you know, emulate that towards the back end of the season to give themselves a, a serious challenge next year. But yeah, I, I can see why Ward is really, really frustrated, especially with the defending. But, you know, I think if you can get a couple of bodies in Wardy, maybe maybe another another one or two, then you might you might be able to do something. It would would that be fair? Yeah, I think I think it's more it's that balance, isn't it, between criticizing a manager and then it going too far, right? I, I think sometimes as football fans, especially in this day and age, you can get really really caught up in it. Um, it's really really important that whatever you say and whatever you criticize, that is almost looked at in isolation. And Des Buckingham is still very 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 early on in his tenure in. Well, in England, <laughs> let's let's be honest, right? So it's not it's not Oxford, it's not his it's not his job in in League Two and in the National League, and he's now getting a time in in League One to prove himself. It's not that at all. We're talking about a manager that's been around the world and is now time to prove himself in this country, let alone this league. So when we see people on Twitter, and I I think I might clip this up and I might put this out because it's actually quite a good good way of. of talking about it in length because I've tried to do it in my roundup but I haven't actually filmed that yet because I was so stuck on how to talk about it because if you know the, the content that I try and produce I try and make it as snappy as I can and try and make it as all right 15 minute video I'm going to try and break it down into sort of clear concise sections but talking about Oxford at the moment and talking about the game you know specifically yesterday it was quite difficult to do that and I really struggled to put it into words because there's a lot of problems that as I'm speaking sort of go right that actually could be a solution sometimes the solutions came as I was talking which makes conversations actually quite difficult to do um but yesterday it felt really really disconnected it felt really really disjointed and we're talking about an Oxford side it's even more frustrating 
when we speak about this Oxford team because they have proven in the early stages of the season just how fucking good they can be. And this is why it is boiling my blood in recent weeks that we've got certain players that I don't think aren't trying hard. It's not a, it's not not working hard. It's not work rate. We're being set up and tactically, I think, confusing the players to a point now where they are a shadow of their ability that they've, that they've proven and ha- and did prove when we went on that fantastic run in the early part of the season. If we were, you know, if we were seventh, but we started fourteenth and thirteenth, and we've been inconsistent all season, look good in games, look bad in games, you sort of just go right. At least we've sort of had that steady trajectory of, of always being a little bit inconsistent and these players have got that frailty within their performances but what we're actually seeing is a team that was so so good have a change in manager and now beginning to get worse and look that isn't me saying that Des Buckingham is out of his depth it's not me saying Des Buckingham should get sacked and I think there's a lack of maturity within some of our fans that think that because you criticize a manager because you're not in good, you're not in a good place or not in as a good of a place you've got to start calling for his head and start thinking he's not a good manager because that's wrong. He's not a he's not, not a good coach. People are saying that he's only got the job because he's an Oxford boy. What? Because the City group just employed him because he's an Oxford boy as well. Because I know Pep knows Oxford pretty fucking well. That's why they employed employed him. That wasn't the case. He wasn't given the Oxford job because he's an Oxford boy. He wasn't given the City group job. He wasn't given the Mumbai City Melbourne New Zealand job because he you know grew up ten minutes from the Kassam and from the Manor Ground. That wasn't the case. So that that I think that's a pointless conversation to have. However, we are we we we, are, we have got worse since he's come in. And that is the biggest issue that we've that we've got right now is that we are progressively getting worse. We're out of the top six. And for the first time, we could be convincingly out of the top six if the teams above us win their games in hand and suddenly are chasing. For a large time, we were being chased and that was a comfortable position to be in. We've now got to chase and we've now got to get ourselves back into a place where I think just show glimmers of the of the performance that we saw in the early part of the campaign. Again, under a new manager, which makes it more difficult. All we hear about is using this, all we hear about is a style of play and a changing style of play. We're not seeing that yet. I thought against Tuesday, Nappers watched the game. I think, I don't know, don't know if you watched, I think Nappers definitely watched the game. Look, the conditions in that match were really, really bad. It was a bad game of football. That was not fifth versus sixth in League One. That looked like 20 versus 21st in the fucking National League. It was terrible. But but actually, it was a sign of two sides that just couldn't quite get a grip of the conditions. And Barnsley, they took their one chance that they had or two chances, but they took their one chance. Um, and, and Oxford did, did, you know, missed some, some pretty decent opportunities. But the game itself and the quality of the game wasn't very good. But at the moment, these players look confused. They look really well, really unorganized. Is it unorganized? <laughs> the word disorganized. Um, disorganized, disorganized, disjointed, and, and really confused. And and that that's where the that's where the problems lie. Uh, I think this this three four three isn't working. Uh, we're trying to play an expansive wide formation with the most narrow team in the world, uh, which is just bizarre to me. Um, if you look at the average positions, it's not for everybody. But if you look at them, they are so narrow. Look at the average positions, rocks. They are unbelievably narrow, and we're trying to play this wide football. All we hear about is bringing players in and bringing wide players in. Why are our attackers so wide? All of our width is, sorry, why are our attackers so narrow? All of our, all of our wits come from the fullbacks. That wasn't the case um, because they're being pinned back as well because Bristol Rovers were great. You know, this is not taking anything away from Bristol Rovers. I thought they were great in that first half. Oxford were very, very poor and showed a pathetic intent to attack in the opening 45. But yeah, I think, look, we, we do need bodies, like Jake said there. Uh, I could probably speak about this for for an hour. In fact, I think for my roundup, I'm probably just going to put this in. If you boys don't mind, just don't copyright claim me. I think I'm just going to put this in. Um, <laughs> Your podcast as well. <laughs> um, because I might just put this segment in because it sort of gets the best out of it. I might bleep some of the uh, the words I used. But I, look, I think, it, I think there's, a, there's a bit of a 
it's a bit of a cloud about Oxford at the moment. Um, and it's not very nice. Well, don't change a thing for Tuesday. Let's uh, crack on, <laughs> shall we? Sorry, <laughs> no, that's no, that, that, no. I, I think that's. I'm. It you, we you if we play anything like we did, you could be falling up at halftime. I'm going to ask that exact same question at seven o'clock tonight, and that's going to be music <laughs> to a lot of people's ears. But it is Pompey, mate. So, um, you know, we never know, do we? We'll be up for that game. Though. That's the thing. Well, this is it. I think we both will be. We'll, we'll chat about that at length. He, he weren't happy there, was he? Mm. Christ, he, he, he went. He went on. He, he really sat forward, didn't he? He did. He was sat he really, very, very was, close. Honestly, I, I felt. I felt like nappers. I felt like nappers. I did. I felt like, and it's not again. I know what people no, people people always talk about the fact that look, we're seventh in League One. We're still in it. We're still in a position where, uh, well, any team other than well, anything higher than seventh, they'll, they'll snap your hand off of that position. But I think it's it's more that. We ha- we are sort of progressive, progressively getting bad, and we're not showing signs of improvement. That's what makes it worse. And yesterday was really bad. Well, Wardy's let his hair down. It's time for Nappers to do the same. Next game is Wickham two, Fleetwood two. We are back with Jake for this one, but I got a feeling that Jake's not going to be doing the majority of the talking for this little bit. Yeah, no. Um, to be honest, and, and on this run that Fleetwood are currently on, I thought they gave themselves the best possible chance to to end that that loseless. Not the winless run, sorry. Yesterday, going 2 0 up, really bright start. Harry Boys puts a good ball across the, the, the penalty area, turned by Omicheri. Double, then 15 minutes later, Jaden Stockley. Both goals. The second one, I thought, I don't know who your number two is, but I thought it was a great, it was a brilliant cross onto the head of Stockley, who, who nodded it home. Um, turning point for the game, and, and it's so often the case in Fleetwood season because it's happened maybe now four, five, six times. It's a red card. Um, promise Omicheri. It's a, he takes a really heavy touch and when he's taken that heavy touch and you can see the Wickham player coming into shot, you go in, oh, for fuck's sake, here we go. And he makes a bad tackle. It is clumsy and on a yellow card, you can't afford to do that. Um, chair boys, um, sort of the ante against the 10-man of Fleetwood, the efforts leading to a penalty. I thought it was definitely a penalty. Like, like Napa said, clearly a handball. Um, it's a good save by, by, by Lynch, but it's a really poor penalty from, from Lou Leahy. Again, you can pretty much copy and paste it. It's another penalty given for another handball. Um, I can see your argument, Nappers, and maybe as a bit of a push on Stockley, which is why he's got his hands in the air. But, you know, sometimes, you know, it's rumble and tumble in the penalty area and he's got his arms up and unfortunately just strike it. And it's a penalty. It's no mistake, though, from, from Gareth McCleary. Um, Richard Kone tied it all up in with seven minutes to go. Really interesting story, actually. Because I got speaking to um, Nappers, you're now in Phil Catchpole, the, the Wickham Wanderers commentator who does Wanderers TV. Um, we had a really good chat about Richard Kone because uh, they'd just signed, we, when we played them, he'd, he'd just been uh, given a work permit. He signed in the summer from an on league team, but he hadn't got a work permit because he's come from the Ivory Coast. Um, so he's just got his work permit and, and, and scored a you know, good finish. Um, yeah, late goals have really been a bit of a killer for Wickham this season. You, you look at the, I think they've dropped. I think it's eight points after the 90th minute. Um, and this time they're on the other end, which will, will feel good for them, no doubt. For Fleetwood, the wait for a win goes on. Another promising position just thrown away. You really do start to worry about Fleetwood. And, you know, League Two seems a, a probability rather than a possibility, you know, sat here today. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, proud of the performance yesterday. You know, uh, I'm coming on here just asking for the basics. I got the basics yesterday. I saw a real Fleetwood side. Uh, the only thing I would have done tactically, if I was Charlie Adam, I would have brought a junior or a Phoenix on uh, just to freshen it up a little bit. 
you know, maybe, you know, you could have taken, you know, sacrificed, you know, a, a defensive type of player, you know, he, obviously CJ potentially or a boss from the while in midfield, bring Broom into there, put CJ back there and Junior out to the left. And it just adds a little bit of something different for Wickham to think about when they're going forward. It kind of, we gave him a bit too much respect that we penned in, you know, with 10 men and I get that. Uh, I just thought a bit, a bit of pace on the break and they would have, you know, they were very open. They really were. On other news, I've never seen a Wickham team move so quick. Bear in mind, every corner, every literally it was bang straight in. After the penalty, it was chaos for three or four minutes. Um, again, they scored 2-2. The event will happen. They must have paced about, you know, the, the length of, you know, Africa, you know, at the moment. Oh, I'm talking the work permits, I probably couldn't get a permit to go into Algeria at the moment. You know, I know other people <laughs> are having that problem. Um, and uh, honestly, I was pacing around. They got the goal and it was a, it was a sucker blow. It really was. It, we are looking better in these, you know, under the game, under a child, Adam, although we lost, possibly was a an awful performance. You know, Derby, we were, we were okay. Shrews, we were okay. Cambridge away, it was two poor sides. Should have got a point. And uh, I think we learned the lesson from that yesterday. I think, you know, if we could get a point from Cambridge, it's similar types of games where we get back in it. Um, but no, a good point overall. Um it's not really a good point. We, we you know, points, uh, you know, we need threes now. But, um, no, going into, you know, Port Vale. So we play Port Vale on uh, on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm happy with the performance. Back with me for Barnsley 1x to 2. Bearing in mind, I think we all pre- uh, we're going to get to scores on the bloody doors later. But I think we might have all predicted a, uh, a Barnsley win for this one. They went into this on... All the tights went into this on an 11-game unbeaten run. They were looking to win four in a row for the first time since March last season, and they failed to do so. Unlikely scorer Jack Aitchison with his first since August. Really nice finish under the keeper. Reese Cole followed that up with an audacious effort, plenty of bend and accuracy, and I'd be surprised if it isn't mentioned later in our goal discussion uh, goal of the day discussion. Barnsley emphatically hit the bar in the second half before the consolation came with three minutes of normal time to go. Exeter have a decent record against Barnsley as a result of this, having won three of the last four meetings against them. For Barnsley, that's a very rare, rare league loss that they'll be wanting to put behind them as soon as possible. Port Vale nil, Pompey one next up. Very rare in, is this game number five when uh, this team is involved, particularly on a 4 nil hosted show. But uh, there we go. Benjamin? Yeah, um, you know, from your video and from the bits I've watched back, it seems Portsmouth were, were miles, you know, the, the better team in, you know, in all fairness, you went there at the beginning of the last season and winning 1-0. And I actually remember, was it the third game or the fourth game in and you, you'd won all the games? And you were thinking, like, you know, we're Portsmouth City, we're top of the league and, you know, under Danny Cowley and something was brewing. And it almost felt like at that time, well, you're getting the wind. You're not really playing too well. Um, but, you know, you're getting the job done. Now it doesn't seem like you're playing nowhere near your best. Although you, I thought you were quite, you were a lot better this week than you were last week. Uh, but you're getting the wins now. And um, a lot have gone against Portsmouth this year in terms of, you know, Regan getting injured. You know, Alex Robertson having to go back. You know, you, you've been without Yangi for a little bit, which is which is a blow, Yangi. You know, because he just started to really transform into that Portsmouth side. You know, was brilliant against Bolton and then you know been ripped out your side. You know, with this, you know, Africa Cup of Nations. Um, um, but you're finding new ways to win. Late goal from Colby, 14th clean sheet of the season, 14th win of the season. Big result away from home. Um, a little stat for you. Last season, Portsmouth got 32 points away from home, scored 27. This season, 31 points, 
away from home. They scored, uh, they scored 25, so a point behind, two goals uh, behind as well. The big difference is, though, Tom, you conceded 28 goals away from home last season. I know you conceded threes to the likes of Charlton, uh, but this season only 10. The, you know, one of the you know, the best you know defence you know in this division, and you know that's why you can go away. And winning one nil is my favourite scoreline in football, and you've got that in abundance. You might be second in points per game, but you're top of the table, and uh, you know you're, you're, you're climbing towards 60 points again with. What what we got left now? Seventeen games to go. Oh, I remember you did that interview. Was it at Cheltenham? I said to you, how many points do you think? Do you think we'll get this per game? I reckon you're going to probably need around about thirty-three points from seventeen games, which is just a bit over the two points per game mark. But you know, it's slowly ticking off now. You can go thirty points or twenty-seven points. Or well done to Portsmouth. Port Vale expected goal at point one eight. You know, poor. Uh, performance. The, the bit that amused me was the fan that coming on and the referee, the way he was just running. <laughs> it was the way that he thought, shit, I'm in trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> you're not giving him performer of the week, Tom. I've got no idea who you're going to give it to. Great so run. So I learned this morning through Pepe, who's a mate of mine who I do the 4-0 videos with, that bloke that ran onto the pitch chasing the ref was 62 years old. Was he? <laughs> yeah. He's rapid. He's quicker, than, he's quicker than most of our players. <laughs> it's my dad's age and he's running at that pace. It's ridiculous. Is it um, no, it wasn't him, no. Luckily, dad hasn't got a lifetime van, which is uh, good to see. He was loving it singing We Are Top of the League in the away end, which you would have seen. I, just, I love filming my dad stood on a chair clapping away at the football. There's nothing happier to see than that. Um, yeah, that was... I, I said at the time, like, you think you've seen it all with that ref and, and the situation. I actually think great credit to to both sets of managers, actually, it's, especially John Messino. If you watch the clip carefully, they're literally begging, beckoning the ref to come off the pitch while he's being chased. And then Messino and Fort Velgaffer just kind of stand there and just stop the bloke from going anywhere near him. Um, I was a little bit worried that they might, like, abandon the game or they might have to change the fourth official or the ref might, you know, I don't know. Do Messina whatever. But... Just get his sides protected, does he? Keeping yeah. clean sheets, he keeps referees protected yeah, as well. He's, he's he? cheap protector, mate. Can't do. Yeah, nothing he can't do. I love that bloke. Thirtieth win yesterday, first league double of the season for him. Love John Messina. I'll be in second. That's all he can. He can't beat Cheltenham. Can't beat Cheltenham. No, absolutely can't That's do that. No. Can't do that <laughs> at all. The um, yeah. So that that was interesting. I think it's a it is a bit of a negative indictment on on football. Really, we had a. A Maidstone fan falling from one tier to the lower tier. We have had a, you know, a game called off earlier on today, haven't we? The West Brom Wolves game, which obviously got feisty, but there's issues there. And then some blokes chasing referees at Port Vale yesterday. So what a weekend for English football! What <laughs> would tell you a quick story that you boys will love. I don't know. Uh, have you have you both been? Well, Wardy won't have been, but have you both been to Port Vale this season as an away game? No, it's the end of yeah. Feb for us. So. Ben will be able to back me up on this. It's the most stringent security measures to get in that I've ever seen, right? The they it's like airport style. You put your keys yeah. and your stuff all in the box on the table and pack you down. The geezer went right up into my chap and had a good old rub round, right? On on the way in. Looked in my bag, all that kind of thing. Um, and dad was obviously having having the same done next next to me as we went in. And, and the chief steward lady was there. And dad went, this is a little bit excessive, isn't it? Like, and she said, oh, yeah, we are top of the league in League One for our safety measures. We are the most secure football club in the country at this moment in time. We don't, we've had a massive problem with pyros here in the past. We're not letting that happen again. 
And then fast forward an hour and a half later, there's some bloke on the on the pitch chasing the referee off. The yeah, pitch. I replied, well, you can be top of the league in that. We'll be top of fucking league one. Thank well, you. Could you imagine, Tom, if they grabbed, if they were patting you down, and just as they grabbed your dick, they went up the tee lop. <laughs> that would have, have been the best one ever. Had. That would have been the best up the tee lop we could have had. Uh, well, I was interviewing someone yesterday, and someone actually asked me this. Right, he goes, he goes, of all the tee lop boys, he goes, which one's your favourite? And I just went, oh, none of them at the moment in time because we're losing. I don't want to see any of them. And he goes, he goes. Which one of them would you have in a, in a box? And I was like, whoa, now we're getting personal. And he goes, he goes, so anyone that you don't like, I'm thinking, am I getting recorded here? Like, this should be set up or like, I'm, I'm like, Christ, I know this podcast is like, you know, a little bit of a laugh, but I'm thinking, I'm not going to like have a boxing fight. I went for Jake. Yeah. So, yeah. I went for Jake. Nice. I right, guys, <laughs> give a brief mention to Miles Pitt Harris as well, who is a absolute cut above. I know I've watched him for one game and, you know, we'd get carried You're away. The <laughs> DJ. <laughs> Luckily, that clip isn't queued up. Yum, yum, yum. Um, oh. We're not putting that on the thing. But yeah, no, I just I just love everything about that man. He, his physicality, he, he, what he did, he managed to unlock the Pompey of the start of the season, close control pass in the turn of pace. He's a completely different player to Robertson, but I think he might prove to be just as important. Anyway, Ben's doing darts. Wardy's sitting there and Jake's on his phone. I've clearly lost all of their attentions. I'm going to stop talking about Pompey. Pompey, always the next best thing since sliced bread. You wait and see, mate. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. I I was impressed by him, but it's always time. It's always be careful. One game. No, but mate. One game. Yes, but twice he controlled the ball by literally stamping on it. And you know how they just... Oh, anyway. I digress. Just all for it's not, oh, but mate, and he's a beast as well. He's a big old unit. He's a big boy. Big so beard. I'm just looking forward. I'm, I'm looking forward to Tuesday. I'm delighted by the fact that Pompey are getting better and Oxford are getting worse. And it's just the <laughs> perfect... <laughs> oh. Oxford 4, Portsmouth nil. Can you imagine? If we well, could, um, I wouldn't be surprised um, by that. But I'm just uh, the I circumstances. Wouldn't. I'm not predicting anything. I'm not saying anything's going to happen in particular. I'm just saying hey, we can do that later, mate. Don't worry. We're much better. Oxford are obviously having a little bit of a tumble, but uh, we fight on and we move on. Well done, Pompey. Still top of the league. Derby two, Cheltenham one. For ten minutes in the second half, I thought this was turning into a really bad week for Derby Ben. But credit to them for turning it around. Um. Yeah. Um. Again. This Derby side sometimes, you know, they can be really good or really flat. Um, yesterday, two shots on target, you know, you know, and one, two, one, you know, and you know, Cheltenham, you know, are fighters, the Warriors, and he sums up Daryl Clark as a as a as a guy really, and that's been you know his career, you know, battling, you know, you know, we'll, we'll fight till the end, and you know, Sericum has been you know a goal scorer since, and you, as you saw, you know, recently as well, he's been a goal scorer at this level. You know, since you know he came into this, you know, into that football club, uh, obviously they lost Will Goodwin. It was Lloyd and Street up front yesterday as well, and you know they led the line really well. And unfortunately, Derby for them, you know, they get back in. It's the first one in three for them since the win against Burton, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Twenty points from the last ten, one point nine three points per game uh, for an average. Lost, you know, one eight out of the fourteen at home. Drew three, you know, lost three. Big win for them at home. Um, again, the, the same in the pack with their own course about 89, you know, points at the moment. And James Collins, you know, has scored 13 goals now at this level. It was a really, really nice goal. And um, he's only got 11 last season. He's been a player that 
could get 20 goals this season. And we're not really talking about being one of the best strikers in this division because you know, I know he scores a lot of pens and I know he scores a lot of goals that he should do. He just doesn't do enough for me without scoring goals. And... Um, I said that about Clark Harris, but Clark Harris scored, what, 31 goals? There's a bit of a difference between that and 20. Sometimes I just find him a bit flat to watch, uh, but he scores goals, and that's the most important thing. Mendes Lang is an absolute, you know, shining light. I think that, I think he's in double digits now for assists. Um, you know, really, really good player. And Blackett Taylor also, you know, in the team yesterday. So it's starting to, you know, you know prove that, you know, it's worth. Blackett Taylor, Mendes Lang, that's pace, isn't it? Absolutely. Northampton nil, Shrewsbury 2. Another result that goes against the League One grain this weekend, Jake. New manager bounce or, as we said earlier, should we say old manager coming back bounce for the Shrews? Yeah, we'll go for the second one, Tom. I, I don't want to say that again. But yeah, Paul Hurst back at, back at Shrewsbury. I don't know if you boys saw the, the announcement and the, and the content that followed, but he just looked really happy to be back. To be honest, I'd be happy to get out of Grimsby. It is an absolute shithole. Um most notable change for the, the new era for Shrewsbury, they, they ditched the three at the back, the negative three at the back, and they went they went 4-3-3, and I thought that really allowed them to, to attack more constantly. They were sustaining attacks, and they had plenty of opportunities. Jordan Shipley, uh, on that left-hand side, looked back to his best. I know, Nappers, you've got a mate that supports Kov that really rates him. I think he was excellent again yesterday, and, and is very much up there for, for one of the best performers this week, despite not actually getting a goal uh, contribution whatsoever. Um, caused a lot of havoc down that side. Um, Shrewsbury had 18 shots on goal. Shrewsbury Town, 18 shots. Mm. Most had registered all season. They had plenty of opportunities in the first half. Um, but eventually the pressure told Danudo, who's been a very pretty decent striker at this level, considering he's playing for a team that, that don't really score a lot of goals. Great finish into the, into the bottom corner. And then the second one, Shay Dunkley, reliable as ever from a corner, heads, heads home and yeah, just, you know, Shrewsbury, I think the outcome, you know, the outcome now looks a little bit brighter now. They've got Paul Hurst in charge. They, they've got a, you know, a renewed sense of optimism for the season that, you know, they're, that they'll stay up. And if they can continue to play like yesterday, they'll give themselves every chance. Um, you know, they went to Northampton who were, you know, I think over the last maybe 12 games have been in the top top four or five in terms of in terms of league form. They've been really impressive. But to go there and win... Northampton, it's just a, a day to forget. And the last time they lost at home, can you remember, Tom, you'll, you might remember last time Northampton lost at home. Any idea? To us, by any chance. The year at the start of the So that sparks a, a pretty decent run for Northampton. See, sees them comfortably in the top half at this minute in time. So, uh, yeah, fair play, Salop. Good, good win for them. Blackpool won, Charlton won. One of the games on the weekend, of the weekend on paper, Jack. Blackpool absolutely hammered Charlton, but it'll be a crucial point on the road in the post-Appleton era for them. Yeah, yeah, a really good point. Amazing what a week can do, isn't it? I think if if Michael Appleton was was still in charge, this is a this is a dominant Blackpool display with a with a dominant win. To be honest, I think it's um, a bit of an indictment into to how the, the Charlton fan, uh, Charlton players are probably feeling as well as the fans. I think they were clearly not behind Michael Appleton and that performance yesterday. Look, it wasn't it wasn't incredible on the football pitch in in every pattern of play, but it was it was important that they got that goal and, like you say, got a point which definitely would not have come if, if Appleton was still in the dugout. I think that's that's very very fair in saying. Um, but no, really really impressed with 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 Blackpool. Um, and it sounds strange because one one isn't a great result at home against Charlton, but their performance was still good. I thought their performance was 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 still very very encouraging. But Blackpool this season, I mean, it's not a 
it's not the first time we've seen Blackpool drop points at home and away, but they're, they're, they're good at home, especially away. They've dropped points uh, to teams they, they should be beating. And that's why Blackpool, you sort of say, are in a different kind of pack at the moment in that in that top six race, um, along with maybe another football club that I've already mentioned and spoken quite passionately about. Um, so you've, we've got to... We've got to remember that I think Blackpool have still got a very, very good team. We've still got to mention that, that Charlton has still got a very, very good team as well. They're just massively underachieving. So a 1-1 draw at the start of the season, you know, I think on, on paper is, is, a, is a completely, completely fair result. Obviously, uh, looking at... Um, I, thought, I, thought, I thought we landed in Mars then for a second. Uh, <laughs> um, we're still landing in Mars. And I, I thought we were, we were, we were effective in... Sorry, <laughs> what are you doing? It's not me. Ben's pulling up and down on his mic muff. That's what you can hear. <laughs> <laughs> He's going like this. You're always playing with something, <laughs> aren't you? Um, yeah, look, Charlton, it was a smash and grab, but one that it was a smash and grab. But on reflection, I, I think Charlton will be the much happier team because Blackpool were knocking on that door quite rigorously. And we're Where did with you. Go next? Sorry, Tom. Where did you, in terms of the manager hunt, um, they're obviously a club that tend to appoint one of the the old merry-go-rounders. And I know Nathan Jones, Gary Rowett, Mark Warburton are the fate. Where, where do we think Charlton are going to go from here? Michael Duff, or I think I think Michael Duff. I think and and um, can't have Danny Cowley. Nathan well, Jones. Go to Charlton. Oh, Charlton is still the problem with Charlton is they're still look. It's not a. It's a bit of a poison chalice at the moment. It is, but they've got. It's still. I still think Charlton under a new ownership, which have impressed me. I know you've got to talk the talk and then walk the walk. But in terms of their ambition, um, I think I mentioned it on this podcast last week. I watched their sort of fans forum. Uh, so people that say that I don't watch any football, um, that that's uh, not football. It's a forum, you, mate. You watch their fans forum? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch their fans why did you do that? I don't know. I, was, I just did. Um, I watched their fans <laughs> forum, and it, where is that? It was their new owners. It was their new owners that was speaking. It was their new directors. Oh, Charlie Mevlin. Um, no, he wasn't on it because he's he's not allowed to be the face of it, is he? Because he's no one liked Why it. Did you see the clip of him after the Northampton game? Yes, that looked very staged, so that people would spot him going mental when in his office. Yeah, I don't think it. it so it was. It wasn't. It's not him. He's part of the consortium. He's not actually one of the leading directors. Uh, but essentially, they they are. They look like a very very ambitious group of people. I still think. It's, look at that squad. Like it mm. is. A, it is. A, I still think it's an attractive. There's a, it's a it's, there is a it's definitely an opportunity there for a manager to come in and, and get it right. I don't think Michael Appleton was the right fit because they need a manager that can galvanise and he's not a galvanising type. I don't think that 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 was not the right fit. Um, no Warnock, maybe that's got... not no that that's not lot no. that's not that doesn't work. It's it's not it's not that type. They need someone who's going to get the fans back on side. I think someone like yeah. someone like Nathan Jones is interested. I think Nathan Jones would be really interested. He got he's that Luton prick. I, they need they, they need someone that can you know weak. You need it feels like well the, the everything at Charlton is very it feels very messy and it has been ever since they've been in League One really, and it kind of feels like well the manager needs to take a team and get like forget about the ownership, forget about what's happening upstairs. Now that's slowly getting there, but it kind of needs like the manager to come in and go, right, it's us players. We've got a small group. It's just me and my 18 boys and we'll, you know, fight. And you look at what Martin Patterson, the way he's 
interacted with his Burton team, which you know was very interesting. You know what he said about Beverly Labali. I said, I don't know if any of you guys heard about that, but the way he speaks, you know, honestly and openly, they need someone like that. But one thing I will see on Charlton is you've got to ask yourself what you know Matty Taylor could do better. Really, it's all Matty Taylor's fault. I, well, I need to mention. I need to have an anti-Matty Taylor joke. Now he's gone, <laughs> so I need to have a dig in it there somewhere. If you so, can, if you can get someone like Mike, if you can get somebody like Michael Duff for me, that that's the type of, and also that that style, the, the style that they're going with, with the, you know, with that that sort of physicality, because they're, they're building a team sort of like it's an experienced pro type of team. They're bringing in people like Ladapo, bringing in people like, um, uh, like Backinsa, for example. Even Connor Coventry is not as experienced, but again, he's played at this level before. They're bringing in players that are sort of what twenty-five and older. Coventry's a little bit younger than that, but they're bringing in twenty-five to sort of thirty-year-old League One EFL pros. So you're you're looking at um, what's that centre half they got for? Well, Edmonds Green again. He's a similar profile to that, but it's the, other, the Plymouth centre half. He's played in League One. Yeah, again, he's what tw- upwards of twenty-five again, but they're bringing in sort of twenty-five, twenty-six plus players that have played in the football league and played quite a few games in the football league. Someone like Michael Duff would fit that. Um, again, like yeah, I think, I think he probably. Do you think he'd go to Charlton? Because I don't. I think he'd probably put, especially with the ownership. I just feel like Michael D- Michael Duff would probably just say no to that job. But he and never. Maybe in the but, then, but then, what do you do? Maybe maybe you bring in a firefighter for the between now on a deal between now and the end of the season. But they don't need a fight. They're not going to go down. They're not going down. What what, what are the yeah, galvanise the supporters and stuff like that? Well, they galvanise supporters to the end of the season. They appoint someone and then ungalvanise them. If yeah, you, I think you've got to galvanise. You've got to galvanise. Can you ungalvanise something, Michael Appleton? I mean, it, might, it was yeah, not Michael Appleton. Michael did a pretty good job of <laughs> ungalvanising. They weren't yeah. ever galvanized. No, I, d- I know he tore it apart, but I don't know. Like when you galvanize something, it's normally metal, isn't it? And and uh, anyway, sorry. Let's can <laughs> I have fucked that right up. Ignore me. Can I throw into the fire of the conversation? Is there an argument to be made for all these players coming in as transfers when there's actually no manager there? So I, I think did that's this last regular, though, Yes, it? I know, but w- when the manager comes in, he's already gonna have had his transfer window done for him. That can't work, can it? Who well, comes? That's what, that's what you do when you sack a manager in the middle of January. So well, you have a coach, isn't it? You go down the head coach model. They're not in charge of the recruitment. That's you know it. what it feels like, and Wardy will know the best out of a lot of us. It feels like very, you know, uni-based, where you've got a load of alcohol in, and you're putting Malibu in with vodka and with a bit of, you know, bit of pineapple juice, and then you've got a bit of sours left over, and you think, yeah, let's make a cocktail. It's it, it, individually really nice, you know, but you know, actually, it's not really it? nice or horrible. Like when, you nice. get the, when you pull the last king in, uh, ring of fire, and you have to have the dirty beer. Yeah, no, it's, 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 really it's a lack of alignment. Like it's a lack of alignment. That's where it comes down to. You've got to try and... You've got three any... managers players. You've got Holden's... Uh, you've got... It was... Uh, what's it called? Johnny Jack... Was it Johnny Jackson before Johnny Holden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've yeah. got a couple of Johnny Jacksons. You've got Dean Holden. You've got now Michael Appleton, who he's worked with. You've got the ownership who they've signed. So you've got kind of like... You've got four managers players. It's like, what the is going on? Really? What are they, what are they selling... Now? What are they selling to these players to come in for, though? What's the incentive? You just come in. These new these new owners have got money. Yes, I know. Yes, I could. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. London, isn't it? You look at the players they've recruited. Edmunds Green is from that part of London. Teo Eden's from that part of London. So therefore, um, it's a cash-based yeah. so cash thing. But where is the morale in the squad? Where is the togetherness to fight and get these points? On the floor, on the board? mate. On the floor. I don't. I don't mind the recruitment, though. I really don't mind it. I think it. I, 
and also as well, if you look at what they were trying to do, I still think they were like Michael Appleton moved to a back three in those sort of final few games of the season, and they were recruiting two two centre backs um, that can play in a back three very very well with Lloyd Jones, Edmonds. I forgot his name again. That Plymouth centre half, Gillespie. Gillespie. Isn't it? Gillespie. Yeah, Gillespie on one side, Edmonds Edmonds Green on the other. Lloyd Jones Who? in the middle. Whoever it's McCulley's first name, isn't it? <laughs> um, um, those are three centre backs. I think that for me, that's a really good back three. Teo Eden on the as a left wing back. I think Teo yeah. Watts, you could do better than that on the right. I think Ladapo up front with Alfie May. I mean, what, what like that is you, you're better than 17th, but mm. maybe, yeah, maybe there's not a strong alignment totally. But for me, there's enough quality in that team to be much think, higher. Do you think they go down the, the young head coach route? Do you think yeah. rather than I think I, I, yeah. I, I've just been scrolling down the odds, and I, th- I think Brian Barry Murphy. Would absolutely fit in there. Yeah, but... yeah, I'd, that That's would be the kind of thing. Well, they were going to. I mean, I know it's not the. They were. They did actually approach Mumbai City about Des Buckingham, if you remember, before when he was still there. Mm. And, and, and um, so I think that's what they, that they tried to maybe go down. They tried to go down the the young coach route. So, so that, for example, and again, like I said, I've mentioned Michael Duff. I think it's a good fit with the players they've got in terms of the young manager route. Maybe not so much. Um, Drug when they're recru- the same sort of thing, definitely not Pearson or Warnock. I'm, I'm just trying to Brian Barry Murphy, yeah, if you give him three or four years, but I don't think that squad is going to be the squad of players that he wants to work with. I don't think you're going to get 500 passes per game, you know, and you know, you outpass like an MK Don, like because his Rochdale team were right up there with MK Dons at the time. You know, I, I see that squad as a very experienced long ball. Rumble team, you know, under Appleton, under Olden. I kind of think that it might be a good manager to pick, but I don't think that squad would suit the way he'd want to play. Mm. And I think they could get picked apart. And let's be honest about it. They are in a relegation battle. Whatever you want to say, they are in a relegation battle. They are. So it's like, well, uh, is it time to experiment? Really? It's quite funny. They've got like, they've got, they want to have a young head coach. They're recruiting for a team that suits odd for Warnock. They've actually got. I still think they've got a decent team in League One. So they've got. They don't mm. want to be what they are. They're trying to recruit for something that they're not. But they're still pretty. They still got decent players. So it's like, like Fleetwood. You, you know the what they're doing? Fleetwood do the same. They're signing players based on stats and statistics. And oh, he's been good in League One before. Marriott and Stockley, for example. Let's it, sign yeah. them. Oh, he's good. You know, let, you know, Josh Hill's played this amount of games in League One, or you know, and they're doing well. Ladapo, you know, was really good at Ipswich. I think he scored fourteen goals. You know, um, you know, you know, you know, the plays at the sign. He's basically based on well, he's done this before, he's done this before, and it's not the right way to recruit players. You recruit players based let's, on your philosophy. Let's move on because we're up to an hour, and I've got to go and get Gaz in a minute. We have still got three games to go. Um, last thing I will say: there is a success story out of all of this. I remember a certain Pompey side that were in January and had recruited via a head uh, a head coach, head of recruitment, director of football kind of model. We bought in a young up and coming in head coach, and we haven't looked back since. So, who knows what the future may bring? <laughs> Reading, you are our fucking, you are our corner coach. <laughs> it was, it was exactly. It's, it's we were fifteenth. Well. We were fifteenth at the time, right? Yeah. So you know, there's there's a success story to be had in there somewhere. They just got to get it right, and they can't they can't afford to get Dean Holden, Michael Appleton, and then the next one wrong. Can they kind of a hat trick of that? Because then that just goes. I know it's different ownerships, whatever. I'm sure maybe in an extra we could talk about football ownership, head coach models, that kind of thing. That's quite a nice topic that I'm, I know we all have a bit of a a view on. We are sticking with Wardy for Reading one late in Orient one. Great, interesting stat. Graham Scott, Premier League referee, for some reason, got given Reading late in Orient in League One this weekend. So, there we go. Hello, Graham, if you're listening. Yeah, um, 
yeah, let's just start. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Sad story coming out of this one. Um, Dan Aji, mm. um, with, with that racial abuse, is, um, which is not nice. So, you know, when we speak about games of football, we, we like speaking about the football itself, but sort of the fallout of that doesn't seem to doesn't seem to sit well. Um, it, it looks like a, a pretty disgusting fallout, essentially, that, that Dan Aji's been. Um, well, I mean, ultimately attacked on social media. That, that's what it looks like, um, which is obviously um, not acceptable whatsoever. Um, and we can speak about the football as much as you want, but that that type of abuse on on anybody uh, is 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 not not allowed and shouldn't be accepted in any in any means in this game of football that we we love. Um, so that that's that to get that out of the way early. That wasn't wasn't very nice. Um, however, on a, in a footballing sense, that it was a pretty tight game. Uh, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think it was a penalty. I think it was a penalty. It was handball. There wasn't too many complaints. Uh, so I think the penalty was 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 given uh, and Dan Aji converted it. Uh, I thought Reading, I thought Reading were okay. I th- actually think in Reading, in, and by the way, we're not going to... It seems as though the racial abuse came from a Reading fan on social media, but let's let's look at this as in a footballing sense. That I thought Reading were... were let's talk about Reading. I think actually they've been, they've been pretty good. In, I'm trying to be really careful I put this. It's not a very nice position to be in. I don't like doing it, but um, it's got to be said. I thought Reading it itself were were, were good um, in, in areas. I think in recent weeks, they've been good. I thought against Derby, they picked up a great point in midweek. And actually, in this game, against all of the, the odds that, that Reading are being faced in recent weeks, they've actually stepped up pretty well. They're actually sort of going through some, some pretty difficult moments, but actually coming out of a decent points tally. Uh, you know, Going to Lincoln have beaten Bolton and Pompey in the last couple of weeks and getting a draw there and actually at times looking like the better team. I think, I think one 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 was a fair result. Leighton Orient did have their moments, but again, they went they went toe-to-toe with a really good side in, in Leighton Orient that we We've been very, very proud of um, after our Richie Wellens agenda that's sort of gone on. <laughs> and now I think we've said ends. We've uh, been but proud I'm, for a week. We haven't yeah, been proud. We, yeah. Well, well, well I, don't, I think they still should, but they're still one tenth in the league. I think it's a no, good result. Put me in your bracket. Yeah, I think they've oh, been pretty good all season. Nappers is out of the bracket. Um, they have always are still been the, out of that bracket, sunshine. They are still in the, they are still in the bottom sunshine. four. <laughs> they are still in the bottom four, but you know, with sides like Charlton and Epper said, they're definitely falling down the table, not up it. And Port Vale, uh, looking like they, they could be in a little bit of trouble. That relegation battle could be opening up a little bit further. Um, I think Fleetwood and Carlisle aren't going to be worrying about them too much, but you've got Cheltenham, Reading. I think Cheltenham again, they're improving. That relegation battle is really interesting. Reading, to be fair, uh, with all the difficulty off the pitch, they seem to actually be they could easily have completely given up. And I think if, if they had given up, everyone would have been like. You can see why it's all gone wrong, but they actually seem to have, they, they seem to be sticking together. They seem to be sort of plucking away at games. Um, that got obviously that game on Tuesday was, sorry, not Tuesday, it was Tuesday, wasn't it? They it was indeed. It was Tuesday. And then yesterday, I thought they were, I thought they were pretty good at times. I really did. But yeah, um, the, the headline, unfortunately, isn't about football, and that's never nice. I'll briefly chat through our last two games, which were both nil-nil and appointed to myself. So well done to me there. Um, Cambridge nil, Burton nil. Cambridge have been. Strong at home recently. They went into this having won four of the last six at the Abbey. Martin Patterson, we've already mentioned, has made a big difference to Burton recently. Sadly, not too much to tell you about for this one. Needless first yellow for Steve Seddon. Strong challenge a few moments later. Late, later saw him see red. Max Crocombe kept Cambridge out a handful of times. But in the end, the points were shared. Lincoln Peterborough, nil-nil. Jay Jones rattled the crossbar. Danny Manjoyo unlucky to miss both chances in the space of five to ten seconds. You won't like to hear it, but Lincoln are now winless in nine league games. Their last streak lasting longer than this was the 11-game winless run, which saw them relegated from League Two in 2000. Thanks, 
and 11. And despite their failures to convert, Peterborough's game in hand could still take them top. And we've mentioned that as well, albeit they didn't add to it yesterday. But they do have the strongest goal difference of any other League One side. Jakey? I thought we were better. I, th- I mean, it, it's rinse and repeat from last week. I think we had the better chances of the game. Gen- like you look at back, you look at Danny Mandroy, who's got pretty much an empty net to, to knock into. Ethan Hamilton had one really well saved by the goalkeeper and also put one wide. Again, I'm walking out of the ground from a 0-0 draw against Derby and Peterborough, pretty happy. Uh, and I think, you know, if you'd have said that to me, you know, between Bolton and Blackpool at the end of December, I wouldn't have believed you. If you'd have said we'd have picked up two points in these games, I wouldn't have believed you. So, really happy. Uh, Draper and Taylor seem to be working together um, up front really nicely. And you boys will see that hopefully in a couple of weeks. Once they, once one of them gets going, I, I think we're due to, to maybe beat a team 3 or 4-0. And the next couple of weeks, and just so happens we've got Fleetwood at home next, uh, in a couple of weeks, which would be nice. Um, but no, yeah, again, really positive, um, and, and looking forward to hopefully bringing them in one or two more before Thursday's deadline. Are you worried? Um, are you worried a little bit that you're not sort of grasping games? I know, I know, I know, like, I know Derby and <laughs> I'll put that politely. I know, I mean, Derby and Peter Brown are a great example of that. I'm talking, you beyond... worried your shit. <laughs> no, I mean, like, we're not shit. No, you're not shit because you are. I know, and you had the same number of shots on target as, as you had the same number of shots on target in Peterborough. If you go yeah. off big chances on on statistical websites, they're the same as well. Uh, and I, I did, I, to be honest with you, Jake, I'll be totally honest, with everybody. I didn't watch the highlights of your new new draw. That's one game I didn't. Watch. I did. Uh, I did. That's, that's sad. Um, so I looked at. You I watched look, a Charlton fans conference, mate. You talk weeks. about being sad. I think I think a new new draw is is less. Um, Less excited than the fans for him. You're, you're um, asking me if I'm worried, Wardy. Absolutely well, not. Because Scabella's come in and he's trying, you know, he is meant to be this progressive work in a possession hungry yeah. manager. Are yeah. you worried that there isn't glimmer? That, you know, there is not. There is. There is. Not... You, you're basing it off the Pete, the stats for the Peterborough and Derby game. You've got, when you're a club like Lincoln, you have to give Peterborough and you have to give Derby the ball to, to try and stand a chance. Um, mm. So for me, I'm not worried about that. When I compare this Lincoln team that I've watched in the last two weeks to the team that I've watched pretty much from end of August to the start of January without a centre forward, we are night and day completely better. We have a threat. We are able to put the ball in the box and we're able to keep the ball at the top end of the pitch. When we were playing sort of, like I say, from start of September to December time, we were, the ball was going going up to the centre forwards and it was coming off a of delicate and he's not really a hold-up player. You know, it was playing into centre forwards that, that couldn't keep the ball. So, I, I you, you, you know, I'm not worried at all. In fact, I'm actually very excited. I'm actually very, very excited. I, well, I'm, I, I looked at, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say I, I was looking at the Peter Brad and the Derby game. I, I'd say, I think against Wickham, you were you conceded quite a lot of, of what you want to try and do. Uh, against yeah. Northampton, you're a little bit better. But I thought, again, against Reading, I thought you were battered by Reading. So, yeah, we were. So, I would. I, I agree with your point in, in terms of yeah, maybe you're looking at Peterborough and Derby in isolation, but there's been games against, let's say, Reading at home. Um, yeah. Since I would argue though, since the transfer windows opened, he's been able to rectify that. You know, you look, you talk at the games there, Reading, uh, Derby, probably. Um, you got a nice run next. You got so, a nice run. Yeah, we've got. So, a, yeah, we've got a favourable so run of fixtures. You, you need to see something against Burton. Um, yeah. definitely Fleetwood Charlton you don't quite know where they're going to be but Exeter you then got home you then got Port Vale 
it does then get a bit trickier it. after that. But you've got games there where, look, you haven't got, there are trickiness in those games because you, it's League One, but there's games there where I think yeah. you could show more uh, about yeah. what you're trying to do. Like, yeah. And, and if you if you take an isolation, the Wickham game, which is probably the best example of Scabala ball that we've seen so far, 20 minutes, that last 20 minutes with, with Reed to the Reed to the Wind, who was excellent yesterday. And I've got some news for you boys about Rico Hackett. Um, he's, you know, I think we, we look a lot better. And I think we, we've had injuries coming back. We've had new players in the building. And uh, no, I'm very positive. I am. And I, I think Skibara absolutely will, will take us forward. And next year, injury forgiving, we might well have a better season. Thank you, boys. Fabulous roundup. Let's move on to goal of the weekend with Super Benjamin Natman. Goal. Hang on a minute. I've got to what I did. That was slick. I went away. I went away and looked at all the goals. There were so many I could pick from. The, the, like unique goals. Uh, I like the Collins one. The Bird one was, you know, really nice as well. There was a couple of other, you know, you know, contenders in there as well. I'm going to go for one that you might not think I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for Danudo at Shrewsbury. Now, there's reasons for this. He got frozen out by the last manager, a bit like Rooney did at Fleetwood. He's come back in. Straight back into the team, scored like 20 yards out, low driven into the corner, and it, it set them on the way. And he gave him a big threat yesterday and a big goal. So, you know, I could have gone for, you know, um, you know, I think the, the Bolton, the first one was a really, really good goal. And that's probably the better goal, but just because of the situation, I think Shrewsbury were in. And, you know, it's a big goal that's taken him away from the drop. So I'm going to go for, for Super Dan Udo. Fantastic. Um, but I know this is in the middle of a segment, but can I just go round the panel? We have had many a conversation about Abu Kamara's penalty shouts on this podcast <laughs> over the weeks. I know what's coming. Jake, pen or no pen? Oh, soft, isn't it? It's very soft, but there's con- there is contact. The, the issue is the defender doesn't even need to make contact, but for me, it was soft. I think it's a dive, Wardy. I think it hasn't seen it. Fine, no, Ben. I've, no, I, <laughs> how about how could I have not seen it? Fucking hell! I mean, Twitter it's all over Twitter, mate. Jesus Christ! I mean, I thought it was. I, I, I thought it was. That was. It was everywhere. Ooh. Can't stop watching. Fauna written all over it. Lovely. We love a bit of that. Thank you very much. I, even if I didn't want to see it, I fucking did see it. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's like it's agree with Jake. I'm pretty is it. I think. But we, we can, against you, you're gutted. Also, as well, like we get the replay after replay after replay. But the, look, if I was the referee and I saw that in, in real time, like he's mm. fucking, it looks like he's just clambered into him and he's fallen over. Look, Kamara on reflection, very little contact makes the most of it. In that point in the game, he'd probably expect it. But I think, can I, can you argue the referee in with one, one angle in the split second? I, I think can the see why he's given it. Because well, even, even so, and, but you're, you're still seeing, seeing it once, right? So, yeah. He makes I tell you what, Kamara, he should there's a few options, I think, for the West End. Take up the Olympics. Well done, yeah, well done Abu. There is he has some felt contact and gone on the floor though, hasn't he? Ben, we've had a couple in the last couple of weeks that haven't been given that I felt we should have had. I'm thinking Cambridge, I'm thinking Cheltenham. There's probably another one in there as well. So actually it is swings and roundabouts in League One, isn't it? You do get some and you don't get some and it evens itself out. Ah, Benjamin, we cannot hear you currently. I don't know how you've managed that, but there you go. Tom, can you um, do the tie? Shut up. Uh, yeah, no, it's not a penalty. He dives. Um, but again, um, 
of course, have been you know unfortunate in in recent games with 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 key decisions. And yeah, if you if you believe in all the nonsense and it does even itself up, I I don't know. I I, I oh yeah, dive for me. That's, that's all I'll say. Gaff for the weekend, Jakey. Yeah, we're going to go two for two for Shrewsbury. I did give honourable mentions to Gary Coldwell. Thought it was an excellent away win it. Uh, 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 oh, he's that fall again. He's that. Uh, excuse me, Jake. I mean, uh, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah. You're wrong. Uh, I did also put Matt Taylor down because I thought Matt Taylor had a, a pretty good. A he pretty was sacked last week, wasn't he? Uh, no, that's Matty Taylor. Oh, sorry, that's Matty. Matt, oh, I do apologise sincerely. And uh, no, I'll give it to Paul Hurst, you know, to come in to implement such a, a big change. I know it's probably not. In terms of the result, going to wait to Northampton and winning is is, is no stretch. Is, you know, it's not fantastic, but to come in and implement so much change. In I think he was appointed on Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday. Um, so yeah, Paul Hurst. As much as it pains me, is gaff of the week. Now it's not because it's been a terrible weekend. I am struggling a little bit for a performer. I'll be completely honest. Um, Just look at the sofa score team of the week. That's what Wardy did the other week, wasn't it? Well, I like the. Romance of the story of better arriving at Bolton and scoring within about yeah. two minutes coming on this week. So boom, I think I might. Boom, boom, boom. Ogbetter's in the room. Da, 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 da. There's only two of us dancing because the other two don't care. Oh, fucking boring. Boom, 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 boom. No, it's I not catching on. A... Right. <laughs> so I was, was going to say, if, if I was going to perform, I'd probably go Jed Ward at, um, at Bristol Rovers. I thought he was fantastic. And then result of the weekend, Jack. Um, Exeter comfortably to go to Barnsley, Oakwell, and and win. Is that why you sat forward for Gaffer? Yeah, way? yeah, I think, yeah, I think go like Exeter. They are they would what's what their run? We I think Tom, we did a reflection when I said that they hadn't won for about four months. Like they, they were they were terrible, um, and uh, they've gone to Barnsley, who I saw on Tuesday. Look, they weren't incredible, but Exeter they've gone to gone to Oakwell, and in the end they've won. Look, in the second half, they were absolutely battered. But the first half, they were 10 times better. It was a game of two halves by by a long way. But Exeter, they took their chances. In the half that they were better, they took both of their chances. So I think Exeter would go to Barnsley. I agree with Jake. I think Shrewsbury was a good result. I think if you're going to be, sort of, if you go further with that, I think I agree. I think Matt Taylor with Bristol Rovers. But yeah, I think Exeter 100%. It is a fantastic week of League One to come. Some big games in the next seven days. Myself and the boys are about to run through them all. Now, to uh, to save Nappers from going first, because I always feel bad for him, we'll go from right to left rather than... You don't want to know what happened. Right. Oh, yes, sorry. Scores on the doors. Crack yeah, on. So we had midweek, obviously. We had a, a, well, kind of a double game week. Um, midweek, everyone picked up two apart from Ben. It took home one. Um, so that did fuck all to the league table, pretty much. Uh, then this week, uh, I got four, Tom got five, Ben got seven, and Woody got nine. Somehow getting mm. two correct scores. I don't know how he fucking does it. Oh, well, so I think sometimes, when, 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 they, when are we going to have respect on my name? When are people going to start saying <laughs> that? Respect. respect. We play the Jose Mourinho. Mean, I think, man. you know, we, we're getting the, the, the fluky business, but maybe I'm just really good at it. Maybe if you've got one person got well, stopped in doing it. You won't have the amount of points you've got, Woody, if you, if you, if you weren't any good. Um, so I'm out on much, 205. Mate. Finally in the first <laughs> Such an idiot. a bit of time. Uh, Tom's up on 219. Uh, ben second on 228. So there's a bit of a gap forming there. And then there's a gap at the top as well. Wardy is nine out in front on 230. Oh, it was close a couple of weeks ago. 
Well, we're all still within 32 points. Oh, yeah. Well, that's it's cool. still relatively pretty tough. I just fucking up my, up my game. It'll be all right. Let's uh, let's go for the next Telop derby, shall we? Tuesday night is Oxford versus the mighty Pompey. Jakey boy, how are you feeling about this one? Oh, difficult because I, I don't want to upset either of my two friends. Um, Oxford on a bit of a slump. Portsmouth just rising up again. I'm going to go Oxford United nil, Pompey one. Three nil ones in a row. Like it. Um, I'm saying Oxford one, Portsmouth two. <laughs> I, I think we all know what I'm going to do. I think, has it been one? How long's uh, I'm going Oxford one, Pompey one. I think it's been one, one. Oh, no, not another one, one. It's not another one, one, one. They all are. They always are one, one. You know, we no, they all... not. Three, two and three, two. We have a rule where we have to have the same score in each game for over the season. I think it, it must so. have been one. It was one one in both of the games last season. It was, and then it was three two in both of the games the season before that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm going to go one one. I'm going to go one one. I'm not. I don't want to say. Realistically, we're probably going to lose, but you know, I've got I've got a nice cushion at the top now, so I can play my results a little bit. So one or <laughs> two nil to Moose's Blues. Two nil. Love it. <sighs> I don't. I don't think like, like I haven't helped myself. I, like I've ripped into my club at the early stage of this podcast. But like, like we're not like we're not total shit. Like we like we are like you know we're not as good. But like we're not. I don't know. Three out of four Pompey wins for that one. Looking forward to. You're going to be watching Ben. Yeah, I will. But I think that's. The, I think this will be the time people take the make that. Oh, I follow Wigan. I follow Portsmouth. Uh, you know, you we got soft spots for them, but. I've watched Oxford. This will be the eighth time I've watched Oxford this season. So I watched them away at Reading, watched them Fleetwood, you know, watched them last week, watched them again here. You know, I think I watched them work Bristol as well. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to go and watch Oxford. You watched them on Saturday? <laughs> Yesterday. No, the time, time before when you played oh. the men. Yeah. Saturday lunchtime. Carson, sorry. Is another Oxford game. This time it's at home to Reading. It's a big one, Jakey boy. What are we thinking? It's very different going first, isn't it? Because normally I like to gauge what See? you three do. This is it's cheap. Not, cheap. I like not going first because it's been terrible. I'm just looking for the contact to the penalty area before one of you come clattering into me, a bit like Abu Kamara. Um, I'm going to go Oxford United 1, <laughs> Reading 1. <laughs> Sorry, Ben just pulled a phase and made me laugh. Sorry, that was 1-1, one, one, was it? it you listen, mate. Yes, it was. Yeah, that was. Yes, it came through my ears. Lovely. I am going for a 2 0 Oxford win. I think after the battering of Pompey on Tuesday, we'll be back to winning ways. Um, not yeah, I battering. Think we, I think we pick up four points in the, in the last two. I think in the next two, sorry, I'm going to go 2 1 Oxford. 2 1 Oxford. Yeah, I agree with that. Bolton Barnsley, Jake Boy. Uh, I'm going to bat Ian Everett's man. I'm going to go Bolton 2 Barnsley 1. I'm going for one apiece, Jack. I'm going 2 0 Bolton. Well, since you've met, you know, a fair few times, this will be the sixth meeting, you know, in the last couple of seasons because they met in the FA Cup, didn't they, in the playoffs? Uh, Barnsley went to the, uh, the FA Cup one during the league last season. Uh, I'm going to go. If it was me, you two would be saying that's not fucking relevant, mate, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so can I just say it's not fucking relevant, is it, Ben? 2 0 Bolton. <laughs> Burton Lincoln. Oh, I don't Ooh. like it. We don't. Oh, I don't. We um, 
We don't really like going to Burton. <laughs> it's a, it's a favoured run. <laughs> We're starting to see Scabella ball. Actually, like, don't like Burton. I don't like the Pirelli. It makes me feel uneasy. <laughs> a little bit queasy. Still up in that terrace. Uh, but, nil, but we're, we're the bad team. We got bad yeah, 5-0, but we're the bad team. Lincoln City 2. Yeah. Burton 0, Lincoln 1. No, I think Burton win 2-0. But I'm going to put money on Burton win 2-0. But Jake comes on and says that they're the bad team. 2-1 <laughs> two, two to the Brewers. Lincoln's most house-proud fan strikes again. Big game this one. Charlton Derby, Jakey boy. I'm going to go... Derby been really poor away from home in the last two. I think we're going to just about get over the line. I'm going to go Charlton 2, Derby 3. Ooh, I'm going to go Charlton one, Derby two. I'm. It's really hard with these sort of ones because you don't quite know how quick they are in their managerial appointment stage. If they get a manager in, then that might make a bit of a difference. But then saying that, they they're pretty good yesterday without one. Um, yeah, I'm going to go one nil Derby. Yeah, one nil Derby. Charlton and Wickham. I'm going to back Daryl Clark's men. I think I'm going to go Cheltenham. To Wickham nil. One nil channel for me, Wardy. Nil nil. One nil Wickham. Extra Rovers. Sorry, I'm going to turn my phone off. You can probably all hear that buzzing. I did, didn't did put Do Not Disturb on. I know Ben always says to put Do Not Disturb on, but I'm expecting a couple of signings today, so I didn't want to miss anything coming through on my phone. Um, where are we? Extra Rovers. Mr. In the Know at Portsmouth, everybody. <laughs> Sorry Thomas... we're taking up your busy time, sir. <laughs> so gonna up, uh, just let you know, so we're, about to, we're about to announce. No, Gallo, you um, know what I mean. Ugh. We'll let You've you know, got Tom. We'll admin you. on the phone going, oh, well, wait, Tom, going out. Uh, Come on. Three. Tom uh, made their McIntyre video for him. They didn't even need to do that. He fucking made that for them. He's got too much time, hasn't he? He's already got graphics. He's he works for his dad. Also, Rex was good about to sign Jack, uh, Jack Marriott, by the way. He's bored. Ben yeah. put that in the chat about half an hour ago. Did you not see it? No. Oh, I saw it, Ben. Really pays attention, doesn't he? Does Wally. Um, I'm going to go for Exeter 1, Bristol Rovers 1. I'm going to go for one apiece as well. Oh, yeah, you did put it in the chat. What was the game, sorry? <laughs> <laughs> Will we ever get a week where we don't get at least one of those? X to Bristol Rovers. Oh, what's a game? What's a game? I'm going to go... Fucking hurry up! Two, I, have to, I have to think about it. I've got them written down. 2-1. Two, 2-0. One. Two, ah, 3-1. 3-1 just spend less time watching Cheltenham fan forums. Fleetwood, Port Vale, Jakey Boy. Sorry, can I not predict? <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't need to, mate. Nil nil. Nil nil. So, um, go on, Ben, you're going to say it. Next game. Go on. Say it. Say the line. Say the line. What line? <laughs> so, uh, uh, we put. I think that one's run its course. Yeah. I think this podcast run its course, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no season two. It was good for I a year, though. Wasn't it? Well, so. <laughs> it was good for a year. Um, I'm going to go Fleetwood 1, Port Vale 2. Port Vale weren't great yesterday. One apiece. Uh, 2-1 Fleetwood. Fleetwood 
Fleetwood nil, Port Vale nil. Positive. <laughs> no, I think that's a good point. No, I, Le- I think we're going to win. Leighton Orient, Carlisle. Uh, I am going to go Leighton Orient 1, Carlisle nil. I'm going to go Leighton Orient 2, Carlisle 1, Wardy. Leighton Orient 2, Leighton Orient 3, Carlisle nil. Leighton Orient 2, Carlisle 1. Peterborough oh. Wigan. Uh, Peterborough going to win this convincingly, I think. I'm going to go Peterborough United 3, Wigan 1. I'm going for a 3-0 Peterborough win, Wardy. 3-1 Peterborough. Yeah, of course, 2-0. yeah. 2-0 <laughs> Peterborough. Pompey Northampton, Jakey boy. I'm going to upset you here, so I'm going to go Pompey 1, Northampton 1. That's all right. I don't mind that. They're good. Side coppers. As Wardy knows, they're a good team. 2-0 uh, Pompey win for me, though. 2-0 uh, Pompey. 2-1 Pompey. Shrewsbury, Cambridge. Big Shrewsbury, game. Cambridge. Um... I think this is all recency bias, but I'm going to go Shrewsbury 2, Cambridge 1. Oh, I'm going for a 0 0. Shrewsbury 2, Shrewsbury 2, Cambridge 1 for me. Shrewsbury 2, Cambridge 1. Both <laughs> uh, <laughs> of you. Uh. <laughs> You'd be pleased to know this is the last game. Stevenage Blackpool, Jakey Boy. Um, Stevenage. Hmm. Stevenage 2, Blackpool 0. I want to go a little bit adventurous and eccentric. Stevenage 2, Blackpool 3. Stevenage 2, Blackpool 2. Stevenage 2, Blackpool 1. Well, that was fabulous. Thank you for joining us. Near on 90 minutes special (laughs) here on that league. They do drug these days. (laughs) <laughs> Apparently they drag. I hope you don't feel like it's dragged. We'll be back next week. For another... <laughs> <laughs> Fucking positive. We've got something special going on next week, haven't we? Have we got Oi. something special going on next week? Oh, yes, oh, we do. Yes, next Thursday night. Oh, it's exciting. Stick around, people. Can't put yeah. that in now. Why not? <laughs> might, might give it away. No, they won't. It's all right. right. It's fine. You the sure? eagle-eyed amongst us might have a little bit of a clue there. Thanks for joining us, Benjamin. Thanks, mate. Wardy, pleasure. Loved it. I can tell. And the fabulous Jake. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao.